Hey, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today because we want to stay connected with you throughout your week. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Great to see you. Uh, I hope as we're heading into Thanksgiving week that uh, this week is a time of uh, some time off work. I hope you get time to to eat and hang with family. Uh, Hopefully, though, this will be a time that, that the Lord will just be a presence, a presence in your life. And, uh, man, we just hope that it's a great, great uh, season for you. Uh, before we get into the sermon, uh, the Lord keeps uh, adding to the family at Fern Creek. I want to introduce to you our latest members. This is Mike and April McDonald, and they transferred their membership at the, the end of service uh, last week. So let's welcome Mike and April to the Fern Creek family. <clears throat> In the 90s, in the early 90s, a group kind of hit the scene and they developed a really um, quick following. Uh, This group has a very unique name. They're called the Bare Naked Ladies. Now, I don't know why five dudes would would name themselves that only to say they're from Canada. So maybe that explains it, eh? All right, I, I don't know, right? But, but they have a, a really, probably their, their most well-known song was a song that they released called If I Had a Million Dollars. And um, here, here are a few of the lines from that song. If I had a million dollars, I'd buy you an exotic pet like a llama or an emu. If I had a million dollars, I'd buy you some art, a Picasso or a Garfunkel. If I had a million dollars, I'd buy you a monkey. You always wanted a monkey. If I had a million dollars, I'd be rich. And it's a catchy little tune, but uh, I, I remember hearing that song thinking, man, if I had a million dollars, man, my life would be a lot better than what it is now. I mean, a million dollars sounds like a lot of money. I mean, you can do a lot with a million dollars. Well, someone in this room is going to get that chance. We're going to give someone a chance to spend Uh, that kind of money. As a matter of fact, let's let's just make one person happy. Let's make 90% of you happy. Let's give 90% of you the chance to spend $1 million. (laughs) That's a little hidden Easter egg there for some of you. All right. Um, Now, now what I mean by this, before we get the treasure or heart attack, uh, 90% of you, a million dollars. I mean, that is absolutely true. What I just said, the median annual income in the state of Kentucky is $61,000 a year. So when you do the math, after a 30-year working career, most of us in this room will have $1.83 million flow through our hands if you just work 30 years making the average salary. Some of you will make more, some of you will make less. But think about that. Over the course of your working life, $1.8 million will flow through your hands. Now, of course, after the government takes their cuts, We'll be lucky if we don't owe them uh, any money. Not that I'm bitter or anything, but what do you call 25 IRS agents buried up to their necks in cement? Not enough cement. <laughs> All right. just, just a little funny. I'm not serious. All right. You work for the IRS, don't. It's a joke. It's a joke. Um, so, you know, we're in this series talking about stewardship of what's in your wallet. And last week we talked about you know, your license, and we talked about our identification. We want to be content 
stewards and we don't want to compare. And, and we're talking about it's just, you know, income. We're talking about finances and we're not getting freaked out about that because not going to push too hard and Jesus has a lot to say about it. And one of the things I'm learning about finances is this. What comes in, what you make, is, is important. But what's more critical than what comes in is what you keep, what you keep from, from going out. And, and in week two of what's in your wallet, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, the symbol of your credit card. Now, how many of you have a credit card? Let me see your hands. Hands up, you got a credit card. I got several. You know, the credit card is an amazing uh, tool, right? And what I want the credit card to symbolize today is debt. I want the credit card to symbolize expense. I want the credit card to symbolize money that, that flows out of our lives because we all, we all have that, that money that flows out, right? And, and you know, before we get into, we're going to talk about debt today. Before we get into this debt thing, I just want to, I want to set the table and, and I'll make sure you hear this. Like not all debt is, is, is your fault. You know, I mean, there, there's some of us that are in debt because of mistakes we've made, right? But there are a lot of us who, who find ourselves in, in, in some debt this morning and it really wasn't our fault. Maybe you had a medical expense and man, insurance didn't come close to paying what you thought it would pay and now you've got this huge bill hanging around your neck. Or, or maybe you lost your job and the company downsized and that wasn't your fault. Or maybe you're taking care of aging parents or you've got a brother or a sister or a child who, who you've got to financially take care of. So, so I just, you know, I just want to make sure there are all kinds of paths, all kinds of roads that lead us into this thing that we call debt. And unlike the government, we just can't plug in a printing press and print more money. We got to kind of live within our means. But today is not about shaming. It's not about guilting. It's not about rewinding the clock and what mistakes did we make. What I want to do is no matter where you are in this debt picture, because you're somewhere on the spectrum, we're all somewhere on the spectrum, wherever you're at, what I hope, my hope for you as you leave this place today is that you will be encouraged, you will be encouraged to, to make some changes, to plug a few holes. And I want you to think about, think about this whole debt thing, think about this whole stewardship thing this way. Uh, when, you, when you start working, we, we're given a bucket, Okay, now your bucket is not the same size or shape as maybe someone else's bucket, right? Someone else may have a smaller or a larger bucket. Your bucket may not stay the same. It probably won't stay the same over the course of your working life. But the bucket represents all the stuff that, that's going to come into your life, right? All the money, right? So when you get a job, you do a side hustle, you sell a kidney, whatever you do, right? You, you make money, it comes into into this bucket, right? And, and what I want to show you is there, as far as I can tell, there are three types of money buckets. And I want to show you how this works, right? So like, so when you come over here and you talk about different, different buckets and how different people respond and how they work, this first bucket would be a bucket that has really no outstanding debt. And there are some people who live this way, right? Like, like there are no leaks, there are no holes with some people. They've gotten to a financial position in their life where, you know, when they get paid and kind of water, money comes into their life, man, you know, there are no holes. Like there's no credit cards with limits, you know, they're paying everything off in full. 
Money is dictated like by the person, right? Like, so I'll scoop some out and I'll give a tithe or I'll scoop some out and I'm gonna go out to eat or I'll scoop some out and I'll, you know, give it to my brother for Christmas. But this is, this is a great bucket to live in and the margin is excess. The margin surplus, right? The money goes where I want it to go and that's a great, that's a great way to live. And there are some people who live that way and I'm like, man, that is pretty awesome, right? Uh, so, so they're kind of in control of, of how that goes. The second bucket is what we would call the leaky bucket, right? And this bucket has got some holes in it. And so when the money comes in, right? I hope you went to the bathroom. Um, but when the money comes in, I mean like the holes go by different names. So there's like credit card bill, there's like a mortgage, there's like car payment, PF Chang, TJ Maxx, nothing wrong with this bucket. Right, there's nothing wrong. But the hope and the prayer is, is the money comes in, the money starts leaking out and the prayer becomes, oh Lord, get me to the next payday before it all goes away, right? And so man, I just get to the next payday. And again, the goal is, is I need to bring more money in than what's going out. And this is called living paycheck to paycheck, right? Where we're just trying to stay ahead of the game. And so again, expense is a part of life but this has a little bit of debt. And again, there, there are payments that are going out. Money coming in, money going out, but we're kind of keeping our head above the water, but there's a stress of making it, making it last. Like, Lord, Lord, get me to the end of the month before the money runs out, right? So that's the, the leaky bucket. So the surplus bucket, the leaky bucket, and then there's what, what you call the black hole bucket, right? So this is kind of like, man, money comes in, and man, there are just so many holes, right? So like, man, there's, there, I can't make all of my credit card payments and so I'm paying minimums and so there's an extra fee being tacked on. Or man, like, uh, I, I've just got creditors, just, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's just, there's more holes than buckets, right? There, there's just like, so the, the, there's no way we can get to the end of the month and, and to have more money like, like this one. We're just always behind in this bucket. And the hope and the prayer in this bucket is, Lord, what's the next mega millions jackpot, right? Like I gotta figure out a way to get out of this. Now, now watch this, watch this. These two buckets, the black hole bucket and the leaky hole bucket, what percent of Americans live in one of these two buckets? Turn to your neighbor and take a guess. What percent? What percent of Americans live in one of those two buckets? All right, you ready? 60%. Now maybe that's better, maybe that's worse than what you thought. But when I think about 60% of us you know, live in one of those two buckets, man, that's stressful. And when you think about what debt does, that's, that's what a lot of debt brings. It's just a lot of stress. People are losing their homes. People are losing their marriages. Like I, I don't, I'm not a counselor, but sometimes people will come to me when they're having issues in their marriage and we sit down and, and I just try to listen a little bit. And when, when the financial problems leak, very rarely will couples divorce because of finances. It leaks into other areas though. And so when we start talking about finances, man, sometimes finance is one of the top three. It leaks out into other areas, but the stress and the, the pressure of, of, I mean, I mean, debt is robbing us. De debt is, 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 is robbing us of happiness and joy. It's devastating. It's impacting our physical health. And so today, I thought it was really gonna be an important part of this stewardship series 
to really honestly just sit down and talk a little bit about debt and, and to talk about a few basic principles because, man, this is killing us. This is really impacting our walks. And so I am not a financial guru by any means. I'm still learning and figuring this out as I go. But I just want to share with you how do we start plugging holes? Because in my mind, if that's how it works, right, the goal is, is, is not to get a bigger bucket, but to plug the holes. So, so I want to talk to you a little bit about how do you plug some of the holes of debt. So, so here's the first one. Here's the first one. Commit to getting out. For some reason, I think we buy this lie that debt is just the way everybody lives, right? Like, like a bucket full of holes is just, that's, that's how it rolls. That's how it works, right? That's how my neighbor does it. That's how my coworker does it. So that's just how life works. We have gone, now check this out. Watch how, watch how debt, how debt, how much we embrace debt as a country. We've gone from financing our homes to financing our cars to now you know what we're financing? Cell phones. We, we can't pay for cell phones, so, but if we split it up over 30 months, then I can finance, I can have a phone, right? And many of us buy this lie that, that a credit card always has to carry a balance. Or, you know, we have by the lie that, again, the bucket just is always going to have holes. And debt is just the way everybody lives. And again, I, I just want to remind you that's, that's not true. D don't buy that lie that once you're in debt, you've always got to stay in debt. Let, let, let me give you the gold standard verse of what God has to say about debt. L look at this. This makes total sense. Proverbs 22, 7. God says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower becomes the lenders. What's the next word? Wow. The bar you don't think the Bible's applicable. The borrower becomes the lender's slave. That, that is absolutely true. Now, it doesn't mean debt's wrong. It doesn't mean debt is sinful. But it does mean debt comes with an obligation. Like debt puts you in a little bit of a pickle, right? Again, you're going to have expenses. I don't know anybody who could buy a house outright, right? I mean, you're going to have to have a mortgage probably, right? I mean, there are some people who don't, but, but most of us probably will. I don't know too many people who could buy a car outright, but what kind of car and how much debt will you go into? Well, that's up to you. You're going to need groceries. You're going to have to pay the light bill. But again, debt obligates me. And usually when I go into it, I'm going to pay back more to the person I'm borrowing from than when I started. That's, that's the principle of debt. I mean, typically, I'm going to pay back more than what I borrow. Let, 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 let me show you how this racks up. I'm going to talk to you about the average American. The average American. The average American every year spends $5,600 of their money in interest on their mortgage. The average American will spend about $800 a year in interest on their car. Average American will spend about $800 a year in interest on their credit card. Average American will spend about $641 a year in interest on their student loans. So again, I've not taken like all the other kinds of debt. I just stopped right here. But what that means is the average American will come close to spending $8,000 of their money, give it to somebody else just to say, can I borrow? So that doesn't go to paying anything back. That doesn't go to principal. That just goes to say, thank you, Mr. Credit Card Company, Mr. Bank, for letting me borrow money. And so think about where your income would be if you didn't have those holes, you know, if you didn't have to 
Let that money come through your bucket, right? Truly, the borrower is the lender's slave. So what I want to suggest to you is no matter where you are on the debt spectrum, can we make a commitment today to say, you know what, there are holes that I could plug in my bucket. Like, I, I don't have to be a slave. I don't have to live like a slave. I, I don't have to have that mentality. I need to understand that the debt, while it's not sinful, it might be something that I could one day get out of. So let's make a commitment that, to, to say, you know what, I, I think if we worked hard enough and with God's blessing, we could become in a position where we're not, we're not as enslaved as we are today. So, so we're going to work hard to get out of debt. We're going to work hard to plug the leaks. So just make that commitment. M mentally, just go, you know, I'm in, I'm in. I, I, I think we could live a life where we could get out of debt, right? So make that commitment. Here, here's the second thing I want to suggest to plug a hole. Make a plan. Holes don't plug themselves. Man, you know, that, 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 that doesn't just happen. You know, so, so wishful thinking, oh, I'd like to be out of debt one day. Well, that, that's great. Everybody thinks that, everybody feels that. But, but you got to make a plan to get out of, of debt. So, so here, here's where I would suggest. Do you know how much you owe? It, it would surprise you. It, it might shock you, like, how many of us don't really understand how much is going out? Like, I know you have a Visa card, but do you know exactly how much you owe them? I know you have student loans. I know you have a car payment. But have you ever written down on a piece of paper exactly that amount? How much do you bring in each month? Do, do you know where you stand? Here's another great passage that really explains this. Look at Proverbs 27, 23. God says, be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. Now, I know this is to an agricultural society. You know, where God is saying to the farmer, you need to know how many cows you've got. You need to understand what kind of condition they're in. But I think it would just apply to our financial lives today as well. You, you've got to know and understand where you are financially. The Bible tells us it's wise to have an accurate picture. Now, that, that may be painful. And maybe sometimes some of us don't want to know because we just don't want to know how this is going to be too painful. Well, you, it doesn't matter. You still have to know, right? It's crucial to see. So I would suggest that sometime uh, in the weeks to come that you sit down and you take an accounting and how many leaks do we have and how big are they and where is the money going? Write down that. Now, now here's the other thing I would suggest. Now, again, I'm, I'm not a marriage counselor. I see people coming to my office. It would surprise you how, how many times when people start talking about their financial picture, and I don't, I don't want to ask people, you know, don't tell me, the, but, but do, you, do you each know exactly what's going on? And there are a lot of times when they're like, no, like, like one person's like, well, I'm the bookkeeper or I'm the check writer. Well, yeah, that's fine, but do, do you know the condition? No, I don't. So if you're married, this would be a good thing for both of you to do to sit down together so you're both on the same page. Where are we? What's the condition of our bucket? And uh, what's our plan to get out? So, so make a plan. Here, here's the third way to plug some holes. No more new debt. <laughs> no more new debt, right? There's an old saying, <laughs> the first step you take to get out of a hole is stop digging, <laughs> right? You just got to stop digging at some point. 
And, and we're surrounded, this is so hard. Debt is so easy. It's so easy to get into debt. We are surrounded by sirens that sing this wonderful song of come by me and you need, I mean, every time you, you can't sit down and watch a football game without the commercials, and they're already starting, I'm already vomiting in my mouth a little bit, right? So like, have you seen the commercial where, where uh, the Christmas commercial where they're all throw, running around throwing snowballs at each other, woo, you know, that, that's not how you throw a snowball. You pack it with ice and you bean somebody, but they're, they're playing frog, woo, love you, woo, no, no, it's not. And then all of a sudden they round the corner and there's the BMW with the red bow. And she's like, oh, you bought this from your kid. And I'm vomiting in my mouth, right? Like that is not how it works, right? And everybody, and everybody says, oh, he could buy me a car for Christmas. I'm like, no, you're out of your mind, right? But, but that's, that's what's happening. We see all these commercials and we all start wanting stuff. Did, I mean, look, these companies are spending billions of dollars studying us trying to figure out what motivates us to, their goal is to get another hole in our bucket. That is the goal of credit card companies. That is the goal of businesses is to try to get more of your money, more of your water out of your bucket. And they, 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 they're brilliant at it. Blowout sale of the century, Black Friday in July, today only. And so we get this impulse wave going, man, I gotta, I gotta get it now. Like I know where we are, but man, this is the deal of the century. And if I don't get it, I'm going to be missing out. Well, let me remind you of a little math problem. Let me remind you of a little math problem. Here's the math problem. If you buy a $90 sweater that's on sale for $50, how much did you save? Turn to your neighbor and tell them $90 sweater on sale for, for uh, how much did you save? Okay. If you said $40, raise your hand. Those are all of our shopaholics right there, okay? <laughs> you did not say, you, you, you saved how much? Zero. You actually spent $50, right? And, and so again, they're, they're masters at, do you, do you know why, do you know why uh, uh, the credit card companies want to give you 2% cash back? I mean, we're, we're so thrilled. Oh, I get 2% cash back, right? Look at me, right? Do you know why they want to do that? Because 66% of people who don't pay their credit cards off each month, they're charging them 19.5%, right? So they're giving you, yeah, we'll give you 2% back because we know that the odds of you paying us back in full are, are look, I get, I get offers all the time. Of them. Do you get these? American Airlines wanted to give me 100,000 miles just for signing up for their little credit card, right? I, enough for me to take my wife to Europe while in business class, right? And, and, and the reason why they're giving me 100,000 miles it's because somebody else is signing up for that and they're not gonna pay their credit card back. So, so it's all about leverage, it's all about margin. Do you know, this shocked me, do you know what the credit card companies call the 34% of people who pay their balances off each month in full? So, so you know how it works, right? You don't pay your credit card in full, you don't pay them in full, you're charged 19% interest. If you pay them back every month and they make no interest off of you, do you know what they call you? A deadbeat. I'm not lying, they, that's the code word. You're a deadbeat because they're not making any money off of you, right? So, so listen, if we really wanna start plugging holes in, in our bucket to, to, to eventually get to a point where we're gonna be in fantastic shape, we gotta start making a few sacrifices, right? Start, so, so, so maybe, maybe we, we start saying, okay, it's time to freeze all non-essential spending. And I know people are gonna say, well, that's no fun. Well, duh, it's not fun, right? But maybe fun is what got us into the situation that we're in right now. If you don't write anything down that I'm gonna say the rest of the day, 
here's the one thing. So I want you to get out your phones, I want you to get out a pen, and I want you to write this one principle down. This principle's changing my life. And it's not just changing my life in the financial world, it's changing my life in all kinds of places. Here, here's the phrase, I'm gonna go slow. If we will do things, if we will do things that most people won't, if we will do things most people won't, the day will come, if we will do what most people won't, the day will come when we will enjoy mo things most people can't. Let me give it to you again. If we will do things most people won't, the day will come when we will enjoy what most people can't. And that is so true, because most people won't stop spending. Most people won't get on a budget. Most people won't cut, I mean, it, it, and again, if you and I will do that, give it enough time, man, we will at some point be at a point where we can do things most people can't. So no new debt. All right, here's the next one, number four, save $1,000. <laughs> now I know what you said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just told me no more new spending. Now you're saying to me, man, set aside some money, set aside $1,000. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now again, I don't know what you think about Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey can be, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. Uh, he's on the radio, he's a financial, Christian financial uh, dude. Um, he, he can be a little brass, <laughs> right? But, but, but Dave Ramsey has this principle where you, you, you save $1,000, you, you eat, you scratch, you claw, you save, you do whatever you've got to do to set aside $1,000 and you put it into an emergency fund. And what he says is Christmas is not an emergency. The leather couch going on sale is not an emergency. Eating at Chipotle is not an emergency, right? This is when your, you know, your, your alternator goes out. This is when your heating goes out, right? And, and what was shocking to me was, if this stat is right, like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just shocked. I, 70% of people, if a $1,000 emergency expense hit them, they don't have that set aside. And I thought, dear Lord, is that right? Like 70% of people, if a $1,000 emergency hits you would, you, would you have that set aside in order to pay for it? Or would you have to get out a plastic piece, you know, plastic card and slide it? Because again, Visa doesn't care that your heater went out. Doesn't care if your alternator went out. They'll, they'll give you the money, but at 19.5% interest. So, so the idea about this emergency fund is man, it is set there so when the rainy day comes, and it will come, man, we are not devastated. We are not blown over by, by that. And again, the Bible, again, the Bible, this is nothing that Dave Ramsey is thinking up out of his own head. This is biblical. Look at Proverbs 21.20. Proverbs 21.20 says this, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all that he has. That is so true. So the Bible is saying, listen, if you want to live foolishly, just consume everything you've got. But if you want to be wise, start, start saving something on the side. Start storing up a little bit of, a, of, a, of an excess so when that, that thing happens, you'll be prepared. So set something aside for a rainy day because sooner or later it's going to rain. All right, here's number five. Start with the smallest debt. And again, this is one of Dave Ramsey's principles, right? You should list all of your debts from smallest balance to the largest. And, and again, you're paying minimums. Maybe you're paying minimums on all that, but you just start dumping the truck on the smallest debt you've got left, right? The one with the smallest balance. And you just, you just bully that thing. You just pile drive that thing. And man, once you pay that one off, then you jump up to the next one. 
I think he calls it like baby steps or something like that. But the fact of the matter is you get a little bit of momentum. You get a little bit of excitement because you knock that one out. And now everything is going to the second one. You knock that one out. And, that, and it's, just, it's, just, it's, part, it's just kind of a plan. Again, the hole's not going to plug itself. It's just giving us a way to say, okay, how do I get through this? Baby steps. And again, no, no, you know, new debt just kills your momentum. You know, you start getting out of this thing. And again, that's why you have the emergency fund. If something massive happens... But that's why we got to, you know, we're sacrificing and we're trying to dig and claw to get out of this. And again, what I've, what I've just suggested, just very general, you know, it's just a, you know, th- there's so much more to doing this and getting out and there are people and books and plans. But I just wanted to come to you today and just, just share with you that, man, d- debt doesn't have to choke you forever. Debt doesn't have to derail your family forever. Maybe you're sitting out there today and you're like, man, you know, this sounds really good. Like, you know, okay, you're saying all the right things. Uh, mentally, I'm, I'm shaking my head, but you, you have no clue. Like, there's no way I could do this. Like, there's just no way. Like, I'm too deep in the hole. Like, I'm too undisciplined. Like, I've tried this before, and it's never worked. And let me just say, say something. That is the voice of the enemy, <laughs> right? Well, like, do you think God would really be the one whispering those thoughts in your, yeah, yeah, you, you, can't, you, you can't do this. Yeah, yeah, it, you're too deep in the hole. That's not the voice of God. God. God would not condemn you. God would not, you know, punish. God would not speak those negative words into your head. You got to stop listening to the voice of the enemy, right? I, 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 so, so let me introduce you to a couple. If, if you think you can't do it, let me introduce you to a couple that I know that is doing it, and let me tell you their story. I've got full permission to tell you their story. It's a wonderful story. I'm so proud of them. These are friends of ours from Ohio, Mike and Kristen Evans. And Mike and Kristen, we go way back, and um, man, there's awesome people. But Mike and Kristen were tired, tired of trying to figure out which credit card to pay and which one not to pay. They were tired of paying off a card only to max it back out. Once again, tired of fighting with one another about money, tired of the guilt. They were tired of the leaks in their bucket. And so they were financially underwater. Now, I'm not talking, you know, uh, mortgage. I'm talking everything but mortgage. They were $120,000 in debt. They owed everybody. I mean, everybody and anybody, they, they owed them. They didn't tithe because they felt like they couldn't. Uh, they just felt life was choking them robbing them, and they were just miserable, right? So in January of 2020, that's not too long ago, January of 2020, they walked into a class called Financial Peace University, and they vowed they were going to do whatever it took to change the way they were living their life. Fast forward 22 months, now almost two years, right? Let me, let me share with you where they're at now. Kristen writes, We've paid off $69,773.50. Man, yeah. We now own outright three vehicles. We have zero credit card debt, which was $25,000 just on credit cards at one point. The only outstanding loan we have is Mike's student loans, which will be paid off in 18 months. We are working on a fully funded emergency fund. We'll have that completed in May, which will be 16,500 to the good. All of this plus praise to God, we made it through eight weeks of income loss thanks to COVID. So when they started this, not only did they have to deal with what they're dealing with, they got through eight weeks of unpaid COVID, right? She said this. 
She said, Craig, we made a commitment the first night of financial peace, no new debt. Like a person commits to alcohol sobriety, not one drink ever again, we committed to debt sobriety, no new debt, not one ounce ever again. It was hard. We cut everything we thought to cut. Cable, canceled gym memberships, the lawn guy subscriptions. We sold all the stuff we thought we needed. We sold everything and even told the kids they were next. <laughs> she had a smiley face emoji after that. We stopped eating out, which was maybe the hardest thing to do. Things are so much better for us. We now have our monthly fun money and we can spend some on things that may be silly or just fun. Listen to this. The peace we now feel has been life-changing. They're, they're not out yet. They're close. But the, but the peace we now feel has been life-changing. And if God can do that for us, he can do that for anybody. We are on the road to becoming debt-free. Now, I know Mike and Kristen are watching online right now. And so would you just join me in congratulating them and celebrating their great job. Great job, great job. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at. I think at one point, yeah, maybe you're sitting here today going, man, I'm in this last bucket. I, I don't really have any leaks. Well, that's awesome. Praise God for that, right? But if you're in bucket two or three where I've been in my life, right, there's no guilt or shame today. What I want you to understand is you don't have to stay there. And what I wanted to show you today with their story is there are people who are doing this. But I want to remind you, you've got to be willing to do the things most people won't. So at some point in your life, you'll be able to do the things that most people can't. Let's pray. Well, thanks again for tuning in. I hope that message encouraged you to love, live, and lead like Jesus. To become a disciple that makes more disciples. That is why Fern Creek Christian Church exists. Hey, while you're already on your mobile device, why don't you go to Apple Store or Google Play and download the Fern Creek Christian Church app today. On the app, you'll be able to see other podcasts we have, just like this one. You'll be able to stay up to date on Fern Creek Christian Church news and announcements, and you'll see events and the church calendar throughout the year. Man, you need to download this app today. I'm serious. Go do it. Hey, I want to take a second to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings, either online or in person. We have three services, one at 845 that we call our homecoming service. That features more hymns and southern gospel music. But then we also have two contemporary services at 10 and 1115. If you would like to give to the ministry happening here at Fern Creek, I want you to go online to our website www.ferncreekcc.org and click on the big giving tab you'll see on our main page. If you would like to talk more about the message you just heard or you would like to pray with somebody, call us at 502-239-9300. Again, that's 502-239-9300 or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. Well, if you're not already a member at Fern Creek Christian Church, we want this place to become your home. So with that, hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Grace, peace. See you next time, church.